This is Redefining the Counterculture on Witten Radio. Make sure to check out our website at wittenradio.com. I'm so excited that you're joining us on today's show. Yeah, me too. Uh, I'm, I, I, I haven't had a chance to read your book, but I've read some of the reviews and I've checked out a little bit good of one. the good one. Or, oh, the, uh, the, the case, a case for murder of Brittany Murphy. Yeah, but have you read the good reviews? Because there are quite a few bad ones. I've, I've only read the good ones. I haven't come across any bad Thank ones. You. Well, the bad ones, actually, believe it or not, are wrote by people that I slaughtered in the book. So, yeah. <laughs> so, oh, God. they wrote the bad reviews. <laughs> oh, boy. I I know. So, Bryn, this is, I mean, I, I think that the, the work that you do is amazing. You're, you're known for the work that you do on horror. I was wondering, what was it that, I guess, made you want to switch to this particular topic of, you know, finding out or, you know, I guess, researching, so to speak, the, the murder of Brynn? Yeah. Well, I used to be an editor of Gore's Own magazine. I was, um, um, and I was a, an editor for that for almost 10 years, around six years, no, 10 years. It's been a long time. A lot of Botox and I'm better now. So, but um, I took time out from the horror industry and reevaluated what I wanted to do, what I wanted to move on to. And I love true crime and I became quite, well, I met Whitney Murphy on two occasions um, during press screenings when I was doing um, the doing editing for Gorzo. So it really took me to find out what really went on and how she actually died. Because the last issue that uh, one of the last Christmas issues that we did of Gorzo um, actually had Whitney Murphy on the front cover for Across the Hall, and she completely changed the person. Um, from the first time I met her, which was, God, it was in the 90s. She did uh, Cherry Falls, and it really intrigued me. So that's how a case for murder, Brittany Murphy, Brittany Murphy Files came about. But before that, I did write a book on Anne Nicole Smith, which was on release for a short period of time, and I was unhappy with it, so I pulled it from shelves. Um and that was just because I wasn't allowed to write what I really wanted to write. So that's how, why I went back to um, working with people that I knew would I would be able to publish what I wanted to publish without it being too new to doubt and watered down, so to speak. So, yeah, that's how it came about. Absolutely. I, You know, the her death is, is so... I guess it was so bizarre, you know, from the standpoint of, you know, it, it came like it was almost from out of left field. And a lot of people, mm-hmm. I, I guess, just they aren't ready to admit it that, you know, that there was more to her death than, you know, what was told. Um, I think everyone in Hollywood, even her agent, um, have all said and well, spoke it when I'd spoken to them very briefly, and um, most of them wouldn't want, didn't want to speak. Um, have said that she was 
taken away from us very too early, um, taken away from us far too early, and it was because her light was extinguished. And and I I truly believe that had she have not met Solomon Monjack, um, she wouldn't have been dead today. Her career went terribly downhill after that, and I think her mom saw it. And I do 100% believe that her mom definitely 100% murdered her, 100% without a doubt. So, yeah. Um, what, what was that? Yes. What, what was the relationship like with with her husband? Because I know that a lot of people to a lot they of were people, not married. They were legally not married. So, um, purely, um, Solomon Jack came from the UK to the US um, to um, to marry um, some rich American birds and hopefully then make a career for himself in the States, um, which he did. He, he got his name about all the wrong way, and he started working on a movie called The White Hotel. Um, the White Hotel. The White Hotel. I can't pronounce it properly. Um, but anyway, it was a, um, a book based on Sigmund Freud's ideas and some other stuff. And the, the lady who he worked with, he ripped off, he then met Brittany Murphy. He then outstayed his allocated time in the state, so he was thrown in the slammer. And the only way he could continue to stay in the states was if he got married. So him and Brittany got married, but it wasn't marriage legally; it was, they were just blessed. So they didn't even share a bed. Wow, that is insane. I. Wow, I. That's why they would continue to be investigated after their fraudulent marriage. We've actually, in the book, uh, I'll have to send you the 10th anniversary of her death book um, in a couple of days. Um, well, once it's printed, um, I'll get it sent out to you. Um, we In the second edition of the book, which is sold out, um, we actually printed the marriage certificate and the government investigated that it wasn't it was a fraudulent marriage or a fraudulent marriage or a marriage of convenience. So they actually were not legally married, so very sad. Yeah, that's extremely sad. I, I know that um Solomon Jack has you know, he's continued to I, I guess deny rumors that, you know, anything was wrong. I think I read somewhere where he had said that she had substance abuse issues and some other things. And yeah. I, I think in Hollywood, um, there is, well, in most industries, um, there is an, a, an abuse of the body in some way. Um, if you're on TV or you model, you abuse your body in very different ways. And um, Brittany Murphy certainly did have an addiction. Not an, I wouldn't say it was an addiction, but she did shop around and take an awful lot of um, prescription medication. Um, I'm not saying illegal stuff, but she did, you know, she take this stuff from behind the counter, um, and she did take it a lot of a lot of it um, to get high. Um, but she did, you know, all his he was exactly the same. You know, he would drink cough mixture. So he, he's he's been trying to like 
dress it up that it wasn't what it was. He's, it was just because he was trying to save his flat. Um, but they, there was a lot of mis, misuse of prescription drugs. But it was, it, you know, Brittany had been doing it for many years. So it wasn't an overnight thing. But when she met him, they were not having sex. They were not even in a physical relationship. Um, but when she did met him, it did increase. And he then took control of her personal life. Um, he did her makeup, uh, her hair on movie sets. If you notice, all the movies from Across the Hall onwards, Brittany Murphy looked atrocious on screen. And that was because he was doing her hair and makeup. So it, it, he, you know... He would continue. He would boost the prescription addiction, or whatever she had. I can't say it was guaranteed because I'd never sat down and spoke with her about any drug use. But you know, he obviously increased it um, two times to be able to keep her under the influence, so he could keep her under the thumb. In addition to that, was there any, I guess, physical or um, verbal abuse that he? I guess, did to her in addition to that? or um, Not, as, as far as I know, not with Brittany Murphy, but from what I have gathered with his previous um, relationships, there was physical abuse, yeah. Um, one of his wives, I did contact, I won't mention her name because um, she politely asked not to be involved in the book or anything. Um, I did contact her. She was married to him as that's all I can say, which is easy for people to Google. She's just television there. And I did ask her certain questions because I was told through um, a third and secondary source that she what he did used to get heavy with his fist. And, yeah, she, she wouldn't answer any of the questions. She just said it was very sad that what happened to Brittany Murphy. And, but I, I kind of put two and two together, and I do feel that there might have been, I don't know. I so, hear you. Who knows? You know, this this wasn't an easy topic to, to write about. Um, what was the writing process like for you? Because, you know, I would imagine that, you know, it, it wasn't the easiest thing in the world to write about between, you know, naysayers and critics and and then, you know, just digging and uncovering the truth. Um, would you say that it was particularly arduous to, to write this book? Well, I would say um, when writing anything, it's particularly arduous. I can't pronounce the word. So I'm terrible with pronunciations. So um, with writing anything um, that's non-fiction, I do find um, arduous. Um, because you're approaching real people that all have their own versions of one particular topic. So it is quite difficult. Um, I think the most difficult thing is, is when you've got several stories about one incident, but everyone remembers it different. So you have to keep going back and asking them the same question until they all come to the same answer. And then you can actually tell the story the way it actually happens as opposed to to something that they've actually forgotten about because it's been a couple of years. So they remember it slightly different because they were doing something slightly different at that time or, you know, they, they might have been making a coffee or doing something. So their story of an incident which occurred 
um, is slightly blurred. So you have to keep going back and asking the same question until you get the correct answer. So I found that very difficult. And the secondary thing which I found terribly difficult is when people say that they're not going to comment on something um, when they, they, they played a huge part in that person's life. I think that's quite difficult. So, yeah. It's not yeah. easy, but it's not, it, keeps, it stimulates my brain, though. So, um, writing about something which, you know, is a lot more difficult um, stimulates your brain. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I would uh I would have to agree with you there. It's really hard when you you know, you have multiple uh versions of any story and, and you're trying to figure out, you know, where's the truth, you know, in between yeah. what people are saying and then the no comment thing is always hard because it's you know, you, you can't get down to the bottom of the truth without having that exactly. I um There was was one incident um, where Brittany Murphy was allegedly um, performed oral sex on a waiter um, in a a famous restaurant in Los Angeles. Now, her agent said it didn't occur. Now, I contacted the restaurant, and the restaurant remembered asking her to leave on that evening. And they also remembered that that it was one of their staff that reported it to the newspaper the next day. So I said, well, can I, can I have that staff member's name? Now, they had to go through, because it was a couple of years ago, they had to go through several names, and all of them remembered Brittany, Brittany Murphy being there on that evening, but nobody remembered exactly who the waiter was that she apparently slept with and who she had relations with. And it turned out that it wasn't even the same Britney, but it was a Britney. She was very famous. So they had just got the Britney's mixed up. But it was like, it was definitely in the blind columns, it was Britney. Murphy, as opposed to the other Britney. There are several Britneys, Britney Snow, Britney Spears, so I'm not saying which one it is, but it wasn't Britney Murphy. But it was, you know, because of people not, you know, it was, everyone remembered something different, but it was Britney. And because Britney had just died, they all said it was Britney Murphy. So, yeah. So it's very hard when you have to keep going backwards and forwards until you actually find out who it was. And yeah, absolutely. So that was just a, that was just an example of just one of the designs that I had to go for. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hear you. Uh, what what was one thing I guess that you I guess uncovered about Brittany Murphy, or one thing that you know you I guess you didn't know before that you found out while while doing the research for this book. Um. Well, the one thing that I discovered, her father wasn't as bad as he was made out. Her, her father was, in fact, one of the most adorable people I've ever spoken to. Um, and, yeah, he was generally a lovable guy. Um, another thing I found out was that, oh, gosh, there's so many things. But uh, Brittany Murphy was generally... An, 
quite a vulnerable character. Um, what you saw in the movies where she acted a bit scatter, that was really her, which was, I think, quite sad. And, oh, there were, so many, there were so many things that I found out about her after the fact. Um, it gave me another, a new appreciation for her as an actress. So, yeah, there was too many. But, but the, the one which stands out is her father. Because her, obviously reading what you read in the press, um, her father was never involved in her life. and He was a bad day. And when I got to chat to him, he was actually one of the nicest people in the world. Yes, his life was a bit like madness. He murdered people. It was true. There were so many crazy stories that he told me, um, which is, it was literally like something out of Scarface, some of the stories he told me. And But he was still, he turned his life around. And I think, you know, he was one of the most nicest people in the world. So, yeah. That That's is... probably the weirdest thing I've found out. <laughs> so, <laughs> I hear you. Yeah, that's something that I previously didn't didn't know, you know, myself because you know I'd always heard that he was, you know, uh, a very unsavory fellow, and so I he was no... very unsa- he, he was he was very when he was younger he he worked in the Italian mafia, which is all true. Uh, I've gone through the legal documents. I spoke to him about it. Yeah, all true. But you know what? He turned his life around after his, I think it was his 10th prison stunt. Um, he was in there for a while and he came out and he said, right, I'm going to hang up my um, ta- um, trilby and I'm just going to get on with real life now. And from that point on, he did. But throughout of Brittany Murphy's life, he, he actually had contact with her and that was the nicest part. He sent me photographs, even up up until she died and he didn't know the extent of what was going on in her life because Sharon was very controlling and so was Simon and he only knew third hand half of the stuff but he turned out to be such a really nice guy and he died this year and it was very I was was actually doing because my howling second edition complete history of the howling came out and we were doing a uh, we were driving down the motorway to a screening of Howling 3. Philippa Moore, I believe it or not, who directed Howling 2 and Howling 3, was actually going to direct the White Hotel. White... Oh God, I can't pronounce it. The White Hotel or something like that, um, which Brittany Murphy was going to star in, which that's how she met Solomon Jack. And, yeah, we screened his movie, Howling 3, and I found out during the the drive over there that what somebody contacted me that knew um knew Philippa Moore had died and asked for my comments and I was I was really upset and then I had to go and say introduce the movie and I was just thinking how sad is that because he was so nice and I've been keeping in contact with him for three years and he was really really nice so yeah that was very sad sorry I went off an attack in there (laughs) no no that's okay that's that's quite all right like I I've was interested in that because I feel like a lot of people attribute uh, the way that her father was to the way that she was as a person. And I think, you know, it's kind of unfair because at the end of the day, she was her own person, you know? 
he told Brittany, this is no word of a lie, that not to use the Bertolotte um, name because of his past. He told them that. Shava knew full well of his past. She actually worked at the age of 14 in one of his strip joints. So that's how they first met, because she actually went and worked in one of his strip joints in New Jersey. She knew he was a gangster. She knew he sold drugs. And she still dated him, and she was still with him until Brittany was two. And, yeah, she, Sharon Murphy is one of those people um, that, that gets turned on by danger. Um, you'll probably actually, because she's vanished now off the face of the earth. And I, when the first book was coming out, I was threatened by Ben Block to have lawsuits and all this if the book was released. I was like, okay, we'll wait. But um, nothing nothing actually happened. Bridie brings all of what I'm saying now on the, on the radio to you. And nothing actually came up. And I became Vesselers, which was great. I was like, yay. So, and not yay, because I was, I was cashing in on someone's desk. But it was something that, at the back of the book, we actually have got for people to reopen the case to fill out a form and send it off to Los Angeles um, police to reopen the case because it was definitely a criminal case that needed to be looked into. Um, and as and all these, because I was I did an interview the other day, they said about the the mould. Um, the mould was already checked before Simon died in the house, so it's definitely not mould that caused the pneumonia for two people. And if it was mould. Sharon, who was very weak from having chemotherapy, she was a cancer victim. She would have been the first one that would have been susceptible to the the water damage in the property. So, and it wouldn't have been two people that were strapping and healthy at the time. So, but yeah, yeah, that yeah, maybe sorry, go on. Yeah, because her her immune system would have been compromised from the cancer, and so that that was a question that I had. Because I had heard that it yeah. was possibly mold, but it just didn't make sense. Black mold, yeah. No, I actually believe it or not. Uh, it was a couple of years. Ago. It was two thousand and I think it was two thousand and twelve. One moment, I'll just see you again. And um, was it two, when did I go into hospital because of black mold? And what year? I'm just asking my agent. Sorry, one moment. When was it? It was, it was definitely 2012. I was taken into, and I didn't know um, that the property that I was living in at the time had black mould, and I actually got black mould on the chest, and it caused me to have pneumonia. Um, and the symptoms that Brittany Murphy and Simon died of did not relate to the similar symptoms that I had when I was literally on death. So I was like, if I'd have, if I'd have continued to leave where I was leaving, I'd have probably dropped down dead. So, and I didn't even know it was behind the wall and stuff like that. You couldn't, I couldn't see it because it was an apartment. So, what they had was certainly not black mould. So, neither of them died of black mould um, at all. So, yeah. <laughs> so, just wow. prove that one. Yeah, absolutely. I, I wanted to ask, what's the biggest takeaway that you want people to get from um, th this book that you've written, because obviously, you know, a lot of people have their own 
opinion of what happened to Brittany and and yeah. I think you're right. I I do feel like there should be, you know, a criminal investigation launched. Um but for you, what what do you say? What what do you what is the biggest takeaway that you want people to get from this book when they read it? One I want pe when people read it, what I want them to understand is when people are at the top of their game and that you can see them flagging and all the media starts ripping them down. Don't be putting horrible things on the internet and adding to to that because you don't know what the person behind the closed doors, they might be accessing the internet. That is one thing because before she died, everyone was saying her career was over and she was turning out pitiful performances. She was. Um, they were really terrible. Her last couple of movies were absolutely abysmal. But don't be going and bullying people because you don't know if somebody will access that online and read. You know, everybody Googles themselves. I've Googled myself and some of the stuff that I've read about myself is not very nice. Um, so you just, you, you, I would hope people will stop doing the nasty part. And the other thing that I would like them to, to think is that Brittany Murphy was a human that lived and that deserves to be recognised for her acting abilities and if they believe after reading the entirety of the book that there was definitely something criminal based on all the facts which I've put forward um, then they should definitely contact the Los Angeles police to try and get the case reopened for both, for both Brittany and Simon Monjack because he was a secondary life that was lost within the space of a few months and whether or not he was a good person or not that's not the case the fact is he died um, under the care of the same person which obviously um, was the one that was susceptible to any of the illnesses that apparently this house, this house could have brought and she's walked away from it and I don't very, because I, I do you know? Uh, uh, do you ever use Reddit? I do. Yes. Mm -hmm. I actually did a post a couple of days ago about um, if a family member of yours died, that was if your child or a family member um, died, would you sell their birth certificate, passport, underwear, things that they, you know, their wedding ring, engagement ring? Would you sell things like that? I got some very interesting comments that um, some people would sell the furniture, which is true, I would do the same. But personal items like private photos, underwear garments that had been worn that were in the wash, I wouldn't be selling. Um, and But that's what Britney's mum did. That's not of somebody that's in distress if they're putting them up for auction. So, you know, I just... you. Know, You've got to look at the facts and think, you know, that's a bit weird. So she definitely needs re-interviewing, and hopefully when people have read the book, they will also feel she does, um, Sharon Murphy does definitely need to be brought back into a police station, re-interviewed, and if they can't get a good solution at the end of it, put on a lie detector test. I know that they're not 100%, but... <clears throat> For me, I do feel that that lady has 
far too many questions, far too many, far too many answers to questions that still hold a big question mark to them. And I do believe that she she got rid of her daughter and Simon asked her, I think, because she was definitely having a relationship with Simon. It's also in the police reports that they shared the same bed. So that's a bit weird. She's You're married to someone's daughter, but you're sharing the bed with the mom instead of the daughter that, who you were allegedly married to. That's totally weird. So I think there's far too many unanswered questions. Whether they make it public or not, that is fine. If they don't make it public, that's okay. But if there's a misjustice, and Brittany Murphy was definitely 100% murdered, which I believe, after speaking to her dad, looking at all the evidence and speaking to many people, I think somebody needs to be locked up for it. And that's why I'm very open about saying what I think. So I hope people take that from the end of the book. So... I went in with a very open mind when I was writing the book, though. So it wasn't me going in to write the book as Sharon Murphy was a murderer. That came when interviewing, looking at all the autopsy files, the reports, police interviews. So that came at the end. So it wasn't an overnight thing. You raised some some very valid um, some very valid points there, and uh, yeah, it's hard to look at those facts and to to say that you know that it was just a pneumonia and that it was just you know there was no foul play. That is uh, something that you know I think the average person, if they had all those facts, well, they, rat poison. Do you know rat poison? Rat poison also, if given in certain doses, creates the exact same symptoms as pneumonia. So, and when Brittany, because Brittany died in, a, in her home with her loved ones, they didn't test the poisons on the first autopsy. So it was only when her father demanded hair, nail, and other samples that they saying that she had 10 metals, 10 heavy metals. So half of those is kind of came to exterior pollution such as bleach because she, she bleached the hair you know car fumes but the other ones you can't account for the other ones which they found i think there were six that shouldn't have been in the human body um that were in britney's body which relate to poisoning which relate to rat poisoning so that is bizarre you get 10 and 6 of those um, are definitely rela- not related to exterior um, influences. Weird. That is very, very, very weird. <laughs> I know. Well, would you? And her mom gave her a drink before she had a, a, a fit in the shower. Her mom did a lemon juice. Now, rat poison, um, I think it's called cyanide, it, it hasn't got a taste, but. If you put it with, uh, if you give it to somebody on its own, it will taste quite sober. If you give it to them with a, typically a lemon drink or a lime drink, they're not going to notice the difference. Now, of the morning that Brittany had her fit in the shower, she was given lemon tea. 
So there you go. I'm just like, they didn't test um, it thoroughly. They wouldn't know the date, obviously, because after she died, she'd been dead a year before her father demanded. Her father got involved with some very unsavoury characters after her death, Julia Davis. Um, which was a complete and utter... Are you allowed to swear on your show? Uh, yes, yes, you are. Okay. Uh, well, a complete TWAT. Um, she's a twat. So she lied an awful lot. And I do. there's a whole chapter on her lies about the government. Uh, 90% of what Julia Davis is, because she's blocked me on the internet, which is an adorable person. I did ask her... To answer all my questions, and she refused. She actually made. Have you ever watched Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey? The one oh, with the princess. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, they got involved with the the princess from the. I can't remember her name. I'm actually going to have to flick through my book to find out her name. Um, but anyway, um, I can't remember the actress's name. But they made her life a living hell, um, and. They they contacted um, Angelo Bertolotti. I will send you some pictures after we've done our interview, so at least you've got what I say as proof that you can, when you've done the interview, if they go onto your website or whatever, they can see some okay. of the interview, like, so they can actually associate with whatever I say to the truth. Um, anyway, most of um, what Julia Davis um, claimed... Um, was completely fraudulent. She approached Angelo Bertolotti under the pretense that she had met Brittany and Simon when Simon was arrested for outstanding his visa welcome. She didn't. She'd never even spent any time in their company. And because Angelo Bertolotti at the time was suffering from senile dementia, well, not... Let me just ask my agent. What what was um, Angelo suffering from with his brain? Was it senile dementia? Dementia, yeah. So he had a little bit of dementia. And that was um, 2017. He had a slight bit of dementia. But she took advantage of that. And she convinced him. And they went on all these TV shows. And they they had never even met um, Brittany or Simon at all. And then they released a video about the you know the authorities and being her being a whisperer a government whisperer now she did actually work for the government for a short period of time um and there were incidents which are covering the book that there was a lawsuit but most of what she said was proven but the other half was disproven, so she did tell lies on top of the truth. So she just wanted a nice cash payout. It's horrible, but it seems like you know a lot of what happened with Britney is deals with cash payouts, and it's just horrible that you know such a, a beautiful life was extinguished, you know, before her time, you know. Yeah, definitely. What did you think of her as an actress? I thought she was amazing. You know, she 
seems like she has such a natural talent, uh, such a natural knack for um, being in front of the camera. And I, I know that with a lot of um, actors and actresses, you know, they are essentially trained to do, uh, you know, the amazing yeah. on-camera feats that, you know, that we see. But she just seemed so natural at it, and I felt like she had a trick. Have you watched... And- have you watched Once Upon a Time in America? I have, yes. Right, you know the little girl? Sorry, not Once Upon a Time in America, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the new Quentin Tarantino movie. Oh, yes, I sure have. I saw it uh, two weeks ago. Oh, my God. I watched it last, um, not last night, the night before. Brilliant. Hello. Really good. Um, the little girl that was sitting on the chair that was, like, staying in character, that is Brittany Murphy. That is how she was trained to to be, to stay in character. So when she plays, like, for instance, um, the dead girl or the lady at a spawn, she she lived that life on and off camera to be able to to stay in that role. So she was very a method actor. So I, I think that probably did her not a great service, but, you know, she she was wonderful on screen. She was magic. I would have to agree. I would completely agree. Have you watched her um, in, oh, God, what was it? Um, It was a sci-fi channel movie where the, the, I don't know what it was called. It was was really bad. Um, I watched, it was the first time I actually watched it a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, oh, my God, it's awful. Um, I can't. Um, Earthquake Aftershock. Have you watched it? I actually haven't seen that one. Don't. <laughs> so <laughs> it's really bad. Um, no, it's really bad. She she turns off, and because I know that. She didn't turn up for a shot. So she'd be like, okay, right, well, can you get a standing in a wig to do those? Um, have you watched Abandoned with Ian Cade? I sure have. What did you think of that? I... She looked so worse. <laughs> yeah, that one... That one was hard for me to watch. Um, I would it say... Was, it, it was very... Do you know the guy that played the police officer? Um, I interviewed him for my book. Wonderful guy. And Brittany Murphy actually did say to him, what does she think of Simon Mondrick? Because he was doing a hair and makeup, and he did it for the last three movies, which that was one of them. She looked atrocious. Yeah. And I feel that it was killing her Hollywood roles. She did that to herself because of her bad behaviour, but it didn't help having somebody like him involved as well. And then after that, then she went and got sacked in Puerto Rico. So it's very sad. I, I um, agree. You know, there's but, certain times where there's like there's certain people that that they actually take away from you, like they bring out the worst in you. And I, I would say that he's definitely one of those people. He was manipulative. Um, I've spoken to many people in the UK that um, had dealings with him. He was. He was not a nice person. 
but then I've spoken about, well, asked about Sharon in the US, and everyone said the same about Sharon. Sharon and Simon were two peas in a pod. So put those two people in a room with someone that's very talented that brought the bread and butter in, or brought the cash in, you know, it makes a lot of sense why they got rid of her. And after that, then Simon continued to spend money because he thought he was a big, he was going to be like really rich and famous. And then what happened? Sharon bumped him off as well. So she was, she was quite, she was like Sharon Stone, but she didn't need an ice pick. <laughs> she used medication right. instead. Right. So, she, I know. She was a very female fatal. So, female fatal, or however you pronounce it. She, she honestly, that woman was. She was a danger. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. suck. I, I hope I don't. I'm going. Well, my book's being turned into, and um, the Britney Murphy's being turned into a movie, and I'm and I'm flying out to LA in September. And I'm just hoping I don't bump into her. So, because I probably won't recognise her now, being just the surgery she's probably had. So, um, if I do bump into her, it could end up deadly, couldn't it? Really, it would be like you know, she could put something in my drink or something. <laughs> so, oh dear <laughs> me! <laughs> she's honestly, she she's. A wonderful lady, I'm sure. If I'm really wrong, and I'm, if I am, um, I'm sincerely sorry, and I, you know, but if why didn't she see me? I would have loved to. Have, if I was wrong, then why not see me? That would have been the the money she's got now. She could have quite easily sued me. It would have been quite easy, but she didn't. And I, it's, I've spoken on the Today Show. And she still hasn't sued me. And I say the same things. I really do think that she had a part in both deaths. And I was threatened to be sued um, by Ben Block. And um, he worked for the, oh, God, what newspaper? Uh, I think it was the Daily Rag or something. Um, the New York Rag or what? Or what did Ben Block work for? He's very famous. I I, he's 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 actually on a few documentaries as well, but you know he was representing 